So, with it being the start of the year, I hope you're not expecting um, a, a Greek word study. I hope you're not expecting um, three different theological statements. Um, I thought we'd potentially we'd ease into the year. Uh, maybe with something that's a bit more of a, um, I guess, a heart message or something that God's been speaking to me about. Alright? But first of all, I wanted to tell you a joke. Now, um, I don't know about you guys, but um, every single year, um, there was this thing that happened, um, John, John Christ, um, who's the guy that does um, Church Hunters, and he's like a Christian comedian, um, he's got the best and slightly um, sarcastic um, Facebook, um, Facebook page, and I suggest that you follow it, but um, he puts these um, statements up, and my favourite one of this year so far is actually on um, uh, January 1st. And on January 1st, he wrote, he wrote a shout-out to all the other people that have started reading Genesis 1-1 today, um, which I really love, that whole idea of Bible in, the year, Bible in a year. I don't know about you guys, but I've certainly started that once or twice. I don't recall uh, ever finishing it. Um, but we all have resolutions, don't we? We get to the start of a year, and we, we have these things that we want to achieve. We have the best intentions. And I guess um, because it's the start of the year, um, I wanted to sort of weigh in on that. I, I think it would be kind of cool. See, the thing is, is we start off with these great expectations, but as uh, the year goes on, life gets in the way, and it becomes really difficult for us to um, stay strong, stand strong in our resolutions. Hey, and I think that's true for in the natural, and I think that's true in the supernatural as well. It's true for us for what are we going to? We're going to do great things for God. I don't know about you, but over the last couple of weeks, I've definitely had those conversations with God going, Lord, I'm going to do some great things for you this year. And already even two weeks into the new year, I'm sort of going, oh, I'm going to do some pretty good things for you, God, I think. And I'm guessing probably potentially another month from now might be, God, let me do something for you this year. <laughs> Anything would be good. Um, the great thing is, is that um, our plans are not God's plans, hey. Yeah, and right. our resolutions are not God's resolutions. But it's okay to have great expectations for the new year. I recently read an article that listed the five most popular resolutions made every single New Year's, okay? So you're ready for them? You probably already know them. Most of us have probably made them once or twice before. Um, but fifth on the list was to take up a new hobby, okay? So who's, um, who's ever started learning to play guitar on January the 1st? Um, who's resolved to begin playing guitar on January the 1st and maybe learn a second chord, maybe more than four chords. All right. Um, fourth was to make more money. The third most popular resolution was to improve relationships. The second was to stop smoking. It's quite interesting that drinking's not in the top five at all. And the, and the most popular New Year's resolution, you, guess it, uh, you guessed it, it was to... Lose weight, yeah, absolutely. So I just wanted to tell you a joke about my weight. All right. So, would you, kids, do you want to hear a joke about my weight? Oh no, that's just James laughing. Okay, cool. I don't think you understand my joke. Um, so this reminds me. Shannon actually walked in on me the other day. Um, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's not like that. Oh my goodness! Wow, unbelievable that you went there. So Shannon walked in on me the other day. So she, she walked in on me in the bathroom and actually saw me standing on the scales weighing myself. And I was sucking in my stomach. And anyway, Shannon, as Shannon does, she's slightly salty. She's quite bantery. Um, she thought to herself, 
Man, if Ray thinks that sucking in his stomach is going to make him weigh less, then he is dumber than I believed. So she sarcastically, like, I don't know about you, but like, I don't know if you know this or not, but Shannon's occasionally sarcastic. So Shannon said to me, honey bunny, which is what she calls me, sucking in your stomach is not going to help. And I replied, yeah, no, it definitely will. It's the only way that I can see the numbers. <laughs> All right. See, the thing is, is that God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing with, that, with our lives. He knows that um, even though our resolutions might not, take, might not take place, he's actually got a plan for us. He's got a thing that he wants. He's got things that he wants us to achieve this year. And so I just wanted to talk about that. The thing that I wanted to talk about was actually using your voice. I think one of the really great things that I've noticed over the past, um, the past 12 months, I really love seeing people use their voices for things that are important. Okay? And we see it in a, a wide range of ways. I'm not going to use specifics because it'll look like I'm hijacking just an incredible movement, but I love the fact that there's people that are using their voices for incredible things across the world, for things that they believe in. I think that's, I think that's great. I think quite often, as Christians, we actually discount... Um, the power that our voice has, the fact that we have a voice. I think quite often as Christians, one of the things that we quite often do is we can dilute our message because we're afraid that it's going to offend people. We're afraid that um, as we speak up, um, other people are going to either judge or say that we're judging or some sort of combination of the two. So my um, message for today is just really a thought, and it's the idea of stand up, and don't shut up, okay? Now, um, I don't know about you, but my parents, um, if I listen to my parents, the number of times that my mum told me to shut up when I was growing up, um, I should be mute by now. I shouldn't be saying anything at all. Um, but she didn't actually want me to do that. She just wanted me to be talking about the right kind of stuff, hey? So, um, just to know where, where I come from, and I'm an old youth pastor, I'm now a church planter, I'm now a new youth pastor somehow, um, and pastor of a church. And the message for today, if you wanted to, um, if you wanted like a one-sentence statement, if you wanted the tweetable, the tweetable 140 or 250 characters, now this is it. You have a voice. What are you using it for? Okay. See, I think um, for us, for a lot of people today, we don't want to offend anyone. I, I, I think. Um, it's quite interesting, I mean, maybe going on Facebook and some of the internet chat forums are maybe not the best place to see that um, people don't genuinely want to offend people. Um, but we don't want to offend anyone. And the issue is, is that if we don't offend anyone, what happens is that we don't actually share what we believe. We don't actually share our convictions. We don't actually give people an opportunity to engage with the hope and the message that we carry. All right? So, um... I just wanted to quickly just pull a couple of things out of the story of Daniel. Now, you guys know the story of Daniel. Um, you've got Daniel in the lion's den. You've got uh, Daniel refusing to bow down to a 90, I think it's a 90-meter statue or a 90-foot statue, which is a big statue, um, three tennis courts high, a statue of, a statue of um, the king of Babylon. But I love Daniel. Daniel is someone that challenges me and, um, and challenges me. And the reason that he challenges me is he wasn't afraid to offend people. He wasn't afraid to stand up for what he believed in. And here's just a couple of ways that I, that I saw that. So we've got Daniel. Um, Daniel started off as a Hebrew in Babylon, learning 
Babylonian and learning the ways to live like a Babylonian. And he took the good stuff and actually refused the stuff that was against what he believed in. He refused to eat the food of the Babylonians, which was, um, which was, actually, um, which was actually, you know, promised to uh, or blessed to a God that was not his own. Um, he's a person who lives out his faith and his, lead, uh, his faith and shows leadership in a foreign land, even to the point that it lands him in trouble. Okay? So the thing that I really loved is he refuses to bow down. He refuses to bow down to the statue. Um, and so as a result of that, um, the mockers, the people of influence, the kings, um, they try to, tra- they're not the kings, the people in the king's court try to trap him because they see that he's a good man. They see that he respects the king, of, uh, the king of Babylon. But having said that, part of respecting him is actually speaking up for what he believes in. And so they trap him. They, um, they get the king to pass the law. That means that it's illegal to pray in public. And as they know, Daniel actually prays with the windows open. Man, how great would it be if it, we had the attitude that it was okay for us to pray in public. Who, who's prayed in public before? Awesome, so good. Who's prayed in public in the last week? So that other people around... Oh, yeah, Charlie, you've just been on Summer Revo. That's cheating. Uh, um, okay, so you see, you see what I'm saying here. Is that um, Daniel was someone that prayed with the windows open. He was a man of favor. He was an influencer. Um, in, the, in the book of Daniel, it says that he has an excellent spirit. And I love that thought. And he stands up. And eventually it lands him in trouble. It actually gets him to the point where he's potentially going to die. If God doesn't come through for him, um, he's going to end up being lion food. All right? But even before he gets to the lions, there are the mockers, the people that, the people that think that he shouldn't live the way that he lives. There's people of influence, including kings, that are actually against the way that he lives. And then finally, there's the lions. who The lions are the loud people in our life that make us afraid, that we're either afraid that they're going to bite us or that we'll get eaten. All right? So here's my question then. What are you willing to give your life for? What are you willing to stand up for? What's, your, um, what's the thing in your life? What's, your, what's the boundaries in your life where the line in the sand where you go, no, this is what I stand for. This is what I believe in. Um, I wanted to tell you just a wee tiny bit of my story, just a bit of my testimony. It's slightly embarrassing, um, but that's okay. And um, the unfortunate part is, is even when God shows up, it actually becomes slightly more embarrassing. So, um, all right. Um, growing up, um, my biggest thing was that um, I, I, I was quite a lonely kid. I, um, I felt that um, people didn't really like me, uh, mainly because I wasn't very nice to them. Um, but I wanted to be liked by everyone. So my biggest fear in my life was actually I had a fear of missing out and I had a fear of not being liked. Now, as you guys probably know, trying to please everyone is a really, really good way of stretching yourself too thin. All right? So I tried to be like everything. Because of that, I was trying to be all things to all people. Around the geeks, I'd act like a geek. Around the um, popular kids, I'd try and act popular, even though I didn't really know what it meant. Around the... um, Youth kids, around the youth group kids, I'd try and um, act all Christian-y, even though every second word at that particular point in time was a swear word, and I didn't realise it was a swear word, and I'd get sent home from youth quite often. 
Um, either because of what my mum had dressed me in or because of what was coming out of my mouth, which I'd learned at home. So, But because of this, it was like I was tofu. Do you guys know what tofu is? It's of the devil? No, it's not of the devil. It's, a really, it's, a really, it's actually a really great thing. Tofu's, tofu's pretty awesome, but one of the things that makes tofu great is it actually takes on the flavour of whatever it's put with. Okay? So that's the, that's the thing that actually makes tofu kind of awesome. Like if you put sweet chilli with it, suddenly tofu doesn't taste like disgusting tofu. It tastes like sweet chilli and it suddenly magically becomes edible. Now for, for me personally, I was like tofu. I'd basically take on the flavour of whoever was around, with good, bad, otherwise. And I think as Christians quite often, if we're not careful, if we don't stand up for what we believe in, if we don't actually speak up for what, if we don't even think about what we believe and why we believe it, we become like spiritual tofu. We'll literally just soak in whatever is around. And so the danger of that, as you guys probably know, the danger of that is either you're going to soak up stuff that you probably shouldn't soak up. So if you're around people that you shouldn't be hanging out with, you'll soak up stuff that you shouldn't be soaking up, yeah? Or you'll take every flavour on board whatsoever. So basically I'd have um, a yarn to my new agey type friends and because they are more passionate than um, what I was as a Christian, um, I'd basically soak that up and that would form a part of my flavour and and, and who I was became slightly off and what I believed became slightly off, if that makes sense. Alright? So I took on the flavour of who was around me. So I was inoffensive, I just basically agree with everything. Oh yeah, no, that's a really interesting point. And then, but then I'd never actually, um, I'd never actually put out, well, this, but this is what I believe, this is what I think. Oh, that's awesome that that's what you think, this is what I think, and then let's have a discussion about it. So when it comes to sharing your faith, it's not actually about winning an argument, but what should be happening is there should be a conversation taking place where the other person in that conversation is able to put forward what they believe, and then you're able to put forward what you believe evangelism is less about winning an argument and more about keeping a conversation going. See, the thing is, is when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to uh, winning people for God, it's less about beating them in a debate and it's more about being able to speak into their lives over a period of time to the point that they can actually choose Jesus for themselves. You can't choose Jesus for people. So anyway... I had this encounter, so I was tofu, I was really worried about, um, I was really worried, and one of the things that would happen is that, because my, as a first generation Christian, because I was a first generation Christian, I believed that Christianity was something that would taste bad to people, and so I pretty much hid it, so I'd been a Christian from the age of six, said yes to Jesus when I was at six, at the equivalent of like a blue light disco, but it was with Youth for Christ. So it was like advertised as a blue light disco. The music was too loud. I remember going, man, this music is too loud and I don't like it. I remember why have they got these flashing lights for? I remember doing all of that stuff. But then I also remember saying yes to Jesus, July 4th, 1986. Okay. So I remember saying the prayer. I remember them going over the wee tracks, which I'm not a fan of, but that, that was what got me saved. And so from six years old until 16, I was this tofu that would basically just be bland. But then I went to this thing called Faith Fest and I had an encounter with God. I put myself in a position where God could get a hold of me. And as a result of that, I was never the same again. 
So I went to this fake fest that was actually to, um, it was actually to, um, I was chasing a girl actually. That, that was what, I'd already had a conversation with her dad and um, he said, no, you're not good enough for my daughter, which I got really upset about and 20 years later, no, I was quite right at that point in time, I really wasn't. Um, and both myself and my friend, we shared a tent and we we're both chasing after the same girl actually, so that's kind of awkward when you've both come to Faith Festival, which is a Christian camp, for exactly the same reason, to chase the same girl. So even if one of us was successful, the other one's going to be hacked off, hey. But anyway, um, I made a choice that, that weekend that um, I was actually going to stand up for God. I was actually going to speak out for God. I was going to be exactly who I was called to be. Rather than being all of these different facets to all of these different people, I knew that God had an identity for me that I could grab a hold of. And regardless of whether people liked me or people disliked me, that was what was going to happen. All right? um, my friend, so we'd, be, we'd had lived pretty much the same life. We'd even had the same fights together at the same time. Like We punched each other. So that's a shared experience that we had. I, I chose Jesus and he didn't. And it completely changed my life. From that point on, um, I, was, I wasn't the fact that I was fearless. I just became aware of the fact that it was actually, I was more scared of displeasing God than I was of displeasing people. And it was a really important place for me to be. It's not the fact that I was afraid of God. It was the fact that it was more important to me to please God than it was for me to please people. So fast forward a year. I end up in an assembly, uh, a hall that looks kind of like this. And I remember um, I'd, asked, um, I'd asked the rector if it was okay. To, so we had rectors back then. Um, it's not a body part. That's a, like, it's, a, it's actually a role. Um, so a rector is basically a principal with a spiritual component. So the rector was actually kind of like a chaplain as well. Like that's actually what they're supposed to do. And um, I asked the rector if it would be okay to actually... Um, if it would be okay to actually share, if we could invite people along to this Christian group. And I remember getting up, and I remember thinking, man, if I do the exact same thing that I've always done, honestly, I think God got a hold of me. If I do the same thing as I've always done, nothing's ever going to change in my school. And so I distinctly remember getting up, and I get, I get, to, the front of the, I get to the front of the thing, and I don't know what I'm going to say. It's like, oh my goodness, this is going to be interesting. I was, the, what I was supposed to say was, hey, we're going to do Stump the Pastor. If you want to come along and ask some questions, that would be really good. It came out like this. So, three o'clock. You're walking home from school. Suddenly, bam, you're run over by the bus driver. Skippy the bus driver, who was um, a bus driver at the time. Everyone knew him because he was slightly crazy, had googly eyes and like glasses that were slightly too thick for him. <laughs> bam, you're run over by Skippy the bus driver. This is an assembly, and I'd only been told it would be okay to advertise this one thing. If that was to happen to you, do you know what would happen to you after you died? Hey, I think we should have a conversation about it. So... I've invited these pastors and stuff. They're coming to this room. I want you guys to come along. We're going to talk about heaven, hell, what happens to you after you die. And um, if you want to come along, that would be awesome. And if you don't, you know what? That's cool, but maybe try and answer that question at some stage. I didn't drop the mic because it wasn't cool to do that back then, but then walked off and cried for a bit. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> What the heck just happened? I wanted to be a prefect. I wanted to do all of that stuff. I wanted to show leadership and I'd got up and basically told the school, 
you all died, what are you going to do? After assembly, this girl comes up to me and she's, um, she's crying. And as it turns out, and I never knew this, um, Skippy actually had a daughter at the school. <laughs> and um, so I basically just got up in front of, um, got up in front of the entire school and um, I'd, I'd ripped on her dad. And so as a result of that, tears, um, anger, um, all of that stuff, um, she ended up going to Christian group for a year and a half, so I don't know how that happened. God's just awesome. But we've got a choice, and this is the thing. Oh, okay, so the, the after effects of that, for two years I got called Father Ray, um, which was quite interesting. At the time, I, I, I was kind of upset by it, but now it was actually what the school were doing where they were literally giving me license to chaplain them and look after them. Like, what they were doing was like, okay, what do you... Like, people started coming to me for advice and all kinds of advice, real crazy stuff. Um, I distinctly remember people coming with um, self-harm stuff and with um, um, kids wanting to end their life and stuff like that. Like, I was the person that they'd call, like, on the phone, like, the actual... There's no cell phone back then, so it was even more, where are you right now um, at this payphone? Okay, it's past 10 o'clock, I've got my restricted, I can't come and see you right now, let's talk about this. Um, I remember doing all, doing all of that stuff. But the thing that was really interesting was that um, I thought that I'd be rejected, I thought that I'd be isolated. Um, I, actually, I actually became popular. And it wasn't because, uh, well, part of, partially to do with the fact that I could play rugby, but it wasn't really. Um, I became popular, and the reason I became popular was because I was someone that actually knew what I stood up for. I was someone that I knew what I believed in, and I was unapologetic about it. And so while people wouldn't necessarily agree with me, and in fact, um, of course, I'm, like, I, I don't think I ever won an argument for the rest of the time I was at school. Um, that wasn't the way that I operated. But I distinctly remember that people would respect me because I knew exactly what I believed in and I was okay with sharing it without necessarily winning an argument. Does that make sense? And so the thing that I see in Daniel that I, it took me a really long time to realize was that Daniel was someone that was able to share what he believed in without necessarily overrunning or going over what people in a foreign land would believe. So we're strangers in a foreign land, hey? We're in the world, but not of the world. So as we approach this year, what I want you guys to do is I want you to ask yourselves the question, are you wanting to be tofu this year? Or are you wanting to be someone that sets atmosphere, sets flavor, sets the direction for what's going on in your year? See, the thing is, is that when we come to live our lives, we can live our lives passively. Stuff happens to us. Or we can live our lives actively. If we believe that we have a plan and a purpose for our life, we can actually live our life in such a way that we're actually stepping out and we're being bold, we're being courageous, we're speaking out in ways that we would have never spoken out before. And while we might offend people, like there was still offence in that story, it was still, like to this day I can still see um, Catherine's face. I still remember her name 20 years later, so that tells you something. I, like there's still, um, it's not regret, I feel slightly... Sh- ashamed, like embarrassed, but having said that, that was actually the start of our Christian journey as well, so it's, it's weird what God will use. So at the end of the day, this is what I want you to have a think about. Who are you going to fear this year? Now, fear doesn't necessarily mean, oh, oh my goodness, who are you going to, 
Who's going to be more important in your life? Who are you putting as number one this year? Who's going to be your compass for this year? See, for a really long time, and it's still something that I struggle with, I struggle with the fact that I'm a people pleaser. I want people to like me. To this day, that's still something that I want. It upsets me when people don't have a... I'm one of those people that if there's someone in a room and someone looks bored, so Ruben just yawned there, so in the back of my head, I'm going, oh my goodness, Ruben's not having a good time. That's not true. He probably just went to bed at three o'clock in the morning like he normally does. (laughs) But as a people pleaser, I feel personally responsible for Ruben's entertainment, which is weird. That's weird. What a weird attitude to have. I'm not responsible for him. Oh, actually, as a pastor, I am. I'm going to have to have a think about that for a bit. All right. I feel convicted. But at the end of the day, who are you going to choose to put number one in your life? Are you going to fear God or are you going to fear man? See, the thing is, is that we ask this question all the time. As teenagers, you guys ask this question all the time. Even as adults, we ask this quite often. Who do you say I am? And depending on who we ask that question to, it actually changes how we define ourselves. If we say it to ourselves, it's a very dangerous thing to say sometimes, because I don't know about you, but some of the stuff that goes around in my head is not always positive. So if I ask myself at the wrong time, who do you say I am? I'm going to get roasted by myself. If I ask um, people in my life, who do you say I am? Depending on who they are, will be a, will give, they'll give you a different answer. If it's the world that says, who do, who do you say I am? They will give you a different answer to someone that's loved you for 20 years. If I say to Shannon, who do you say I am? I would expect a different answer to if I asked Tui, who do you say I am? I would expect a different answer to kids on the street, who do you say I am? Okay? So who we allow to answer that question actually defines who we are. Who do we put number one in our lives? Is it God or is it man? Who are you going to put, in your, who's, who are you going to put number one in your life this year? Is it going to be God or is it going to be the world? Because that will actually change the direction of your life. Like if that's your compass point, if you decide I'm going to follow God for this year, God's going to be, this is going to be 2018 Anno Domini, 2018 in the year of our Lord, 2018. Like that means that God, this is God's year, not our year, yeah? See, the thing is, is if we fear God rather than fearing man, if we fear God... We love God and we'll find favour with people regardless because that's what happened to Jesus. Jesus feared God, he loved God, and as a result, favour was added to him with men as well. All these other things were added to him. If we fear man, we'll love self and we'll love people that will reflect stuff onto us that we want to hear. They're so beautiful. They're so pretty. Okay? Um... If you want to know whether or not you fear man, a really good way to have a look is your Facebook profile. If you've ever put up on your Facebook page, oh, I'm so ugly today, hoping that people would comment on it, no, you're great, you're awesome, you're beautiful, you've you've got a fear of man, it's not a good thing. Okay? So you love self and love reflection. So this is, well, what do we do about it then? So this is the application. 2 Timothy verse 1, 7 to 9 is like one of my favourite verses. And I'm going to finish here. We're meaning that's, that's past to speak for I'm going to be five more minutes. Um, try not to fall over stage. It says in Second Timothy verse, uh, Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, and um, some um, in some um, some versions it says a spirit of timidity, okay, a spirit of smallness, but of power. 
and of love and of a sound mind. If I want to put it in context, it's actually talking, Timothy talking about, uh, it's Paul talking to Timothy about his heritage. And he talks about, hey, there's great faith in you. And it started with your grandmother and then your mother. And I'm persuaded in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. How good would it be at the start of 2018 that we stir up the gift of God in our lives again? Not necessarily just because of the natural giftings that we had, but because we have a heritage of people who have prayed for us. A heritage of people who have prophesied for us. A heritage of people who have believed in us. A heritage of people who have laid hands on us, lifted our hands up when we were tired. And as a result of that, we stir up the gift of God. We fan into flame those gifts that God has given us. How different would our region look after a year? How different would Cromwell look? How different would Central Otago look? How different would Dunedin look? If we actually stirred up the gift of God, we fanned into flame those things which might have lain dormant for a while. If we decided to stand up and speak up for what we believe in, how different would it look in our homes, in our families, in our friends group, in our workplaces? Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, 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 not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. So what does that mean for us then? It means that if we're not born with the spirit of fear, if we've got a fear of man in our lives, it's something that's not we weren't born with, and so it's something that we can actually give back to God. If we're holding on to that, um, it's something that we don't want to have. So if we're born with the spirit of love, if we love people, we'll reach out to them. If we're born with the spirit of power, that means that we're actually tooled up to be effective. If you've got power within you, You're actually uniquely custom-crafted to impact your world for God and for good. If you've got a sound mind, what that means is that regardless of what others say about you, if your mind is sound, if you've got the right stuff going on inside your head, it doesn't matter what the mockers say. It doesn't matter what those around you say who might be negative towards you, because if you've got a sound mind, you'll just go, eh, I love Mike King. Um, Mike King's a comedian. He's also, um, he's also um, one of the leading um, guys when it comes to self-harm and, um, and suicide in our country. And one of the things he says is that if we taught our young people how to think about themselves right, then bullying wouldn't be an issue. Because it would be impossible to bully someone that has a sound mind. Shannon, you're a dork. In Shannon's mind, Shannon goes, whatever. If we've got a sound mind, it doesn't matter what comes against us, we've got the tools to actually be able to overcome it. We've got a spirit of love. We know the one who is love, and he loves us, and as a result of that, we can give out. We've got a spirit of power, which means that we're tooled up. And we've got a sound mind, meaning that no matter what comes against us, we can, if you don't have a sound mind, if you've got stuff going on inside your head, I believe that we're going to pray for some people today and it's going to change the way that they think. Don't worry about the mockers. Don't worry about the lions. God will shut their mouths. You were born to shine. You were born to speak out, stand out, and break out of the box that you're in. Don't be tofu. Before me I see fire blazers, trail blazers, pioneers, apostles. You are called. 
and you're authentic because you don't have it all together. So you're authentic. You're exactly who you're meant to be. You're real. And the most importantly, you're ready. You're ready to impact your world for God and for good. You guys are revolutionaries. See, the thing is, is what's the worst that can happen to you? If you take this leap of faith and you actually travel a year with God, I fully guarantee you you'll have a different destination than if you tried to muddle through your year by yourself. Because in our strength, we have those resolutions that sort of fall by their wayside. But God has a resolve that doesn't waver. God's called the rock. So if we begin to build our life upon him, then we build our life upon foundations that can't be shaken. It doesn't matter what comes against us in our lives. It doesn't matter what's said about us. It doesn't matter about reputation because we built our life upon the rock. So might I suggest, church, that you guys build your life upon the rock, that you choose this day whom you will serve. So here's the older call. Um, what I believe for today is I think that there's going to be some people today that need us to pray for them, not for any other reason than um, you've heard this and you're like, man, I want to be like that, but um, this is how I operate and this is how I go. I believe that there's going to be a box breaking that takes place. See, the thing is, is that your life preaches, your words carry power and you have a voice. So stand up and speak up because God has made you effective. Um, I just wanted to leave you with this quote. What we're going to do is we're going to put some music on. If you need prayer today, um, we'd love to pray for you. We'd love to um, prophesy over you. If, you don't, if you've got that spirit of fear on you, we'd love to pray and prophesy over you. Break that off you. Separate it from you as the East is from the West. I just wanted to leave you with this quote. Francis Chan once said, Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. So as we enter into 2018, may your prayer be that you wouldn't succeed in things that don't matter, but that you would actually contend for things which do. Lord, I just thank you for these uh, wonderful bunch of people. Lord, I just pray that as we enter into 2018, that you would give us the spirit of Daniel, that we would be ones that would be able to stand up and speak out, that we wouldn't be tofu, that we wouldn't be the, uh, the thermometer, that we wouldn't just take on the temperature of what's around us, but that you would make us um, spiritual thermostats, God. That we would be ones that would set atmosphere, that we would be ones that would be able to walk into dark pl- places and bring light, that we would be ones that would be able to preach and speak boldly uh, the hope that's found in you, Lord. Uh, Lord, if there's people in this room today who feel um, distant from you, I just pray that you continue to reveal yourself to them that you would call them home, God. Um, That you would be able to instill in them that sense, that hope that the gospel um, is in us, Lord. Lord, that as we go out from this place today, um, that we would be salt and light to those around us. That we would be ones that would look after the widows, the poor, the oppressed, and the orphan, and the aliens. Uh, That we would be ones that would be the lifter of heads. That we would be, not because of our strength, not because of our giftings, God, but because of who you are in us, Lord. And so, God, help us to be effective vessels today. We pray. Amen.